All right, let's, uh, let's talk through our text today, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. That was actually one of the lectionary texts for this last uh, Sunday, one of the Lenten texts. Uh, you know, it's an interesting, just a little side note, uh, this last Sunday, at least in the Slovak church, uh, according to a friend of mine who is in the Slovak Lutheran church, is referred to as Death Sunday. Um, not, you know, you think about marketing that to people and it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work out real well. Come to Death Sunday. Uh, but, uh, but the reason it's called Death Sunday is because in this, uh, particular, uh, on this particular Sunday, you have Ezekiel 37, which is the Valley of Dry Bones. You have Romans uh, 8, which is Paul talking about being dead and alive and the spirit. And then, of course, you have the famous story of Lazarus being raised from the dead, one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. So that's, that's just kind of a side note. So let's, uh, let's dig in, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through four. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Now, first and foremost, before we move on, I need to explain the reason for why these verses are here. After all, if there is a therefore in a passage, then you need to find out what it's there for. And that means that you need to go back before the passage to read the context. Always good to do that when you're studying scripture. Always read the context in order to get an understanding of what you're actually reading. And what this passage comes on the heels of is Romans chapter 7. And that chapter is probably the most famous example of the description of the Christian's struggle with sin. Paul says in that chapter, in verse 14, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. He goes on, verse 18 of chapter 7, For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Sound familiar? This is a chapter of brutal honesty and lament about the reality of ongoing sin in the Christian's life. It's a chapter in chapter 7 all about what Luther referred to as us Christians being, quote, simul justus et peccator, or simultaneously saint and sinner at the same time. And after this sorrowful description of his struggles with sin, Paul writes at the very end of the passage, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Where can I find freedom from this mess? And the answer is given in verse 25, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Again, there's that simultaneous thing. We have both the flesh and the spirit going on at the same time. Now it's in light of those words. It's in light of words where we hear uh, all about our struggles with sin, 
that we then read the astonishingly good news in chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, that despite your struggles with sin and disobedience, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, how does one get in Christ Jesus? Hmm. Well, the rest of the scriptures tell us that happens in baptism. We are baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are brought into, in Christ Jesus. And because of that, we are no longer condemned. Now here's the point of application for you as we look at these first two verses. When you're feeling condemned because of your sin, and you will, you'll feel convicted, you'll do something, you'll think something, you'll say something that will make you wonder at times, am I the real deal? I mean, am, am I really, can I really be a Christian and do these things and struggle with these things? Am I really going to be saved on the last day when I still do this junk? Paul's answer to that question, when you have those doubts, is to remember who you're in. You are in Christ Jesus. Remember your baptism. There you were freed by the Spirit from the law of sin and death. You were regenerated, washed by the Spirit, Titus would say. You were freed from being saved by your works. Now, how did God make this true for us? Well, it goes on, verse 3, For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemns sin in the flesh. Now, now because of our sinful nature, i.e. flesh, that's another word for that, um, the law is unable to bring freedom to us. Rather, the law brings a sense of deeper bondage and enslavement to us. Uh, In fact, the more one tries to get no condemnation through obedience to the law or through obeying enough, the more, if they're honest, they will find themselves dealing with ongoing stubborn sin. It just is a condition of what the, the law increases the trespass, Romans says. You can see no example of this more clearly of someone striving to obey in order to be justified and finding constant frustration than the life of Martin Luther as a monk. When Luther was a monk, he was so aware of his sin and so aware of his constant struggles internally, not to mention externally, that it was said that he would spend hours a day in the confessional. To the point where the father confessor would be like, oh, bro, 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 it's all going to be fine. You're good. But Luther took his sin seriously. He took the law seriously. And because he believed, like so much of the church did at that time, that you had to be perfectly obedient. You had to be obedient enough in order to get saved. Luther comes back, uh, even as he's leaving the confessional, remembers something that he hasn't confessed and goes back in. See, that's, the law will never relent. It never lets up. We are, the, we are the ones that preach the law in such a way that it seems it lets up, but no, it doesn't let up. The law never stops saying, be ye perfect. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. What we do to fool ourselves, we say, 
You know, kind of. I mean, like, I kind of love God with you. Yeah, and that's good enough, and he appreciates the effort. And, you know, so, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. You're, you're say, you are starting to set yourself up for bondage again. Your, your freedom, your lack of condemnation, is found solely through the work of Jesus Christ. And so, so the text tells us that instead of us trying to earn our salvation, God earns it for us in the person of his son. How? Quote, by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Notice it says likeness, not that he was actually sinful. So he was made to be just like us. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Now, how did he do that? Well, of course, we, we know he did it on the cross of Christ. Now, do you see the exchange language here? We are not condemned, but Jesus is. We are given freedom, but Jesus is imprisoned. All so that, all so that you and I could, could know, yeah, that we're going to be okay. <laughs> that we're not condemned. That we've been set free by the law of the spirit of life. Now, why did God do this? Let me try and wrap this up here. Verse 4. Uh, It says, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In other words, God saves you. He declares you free and totally righteous in his sight through faith in Jesus Christ. But that is not all he's doing. Uh, He is still working in you. And, uh, you know, because we're so prone to wanting some skin in the salvation game, uh, we immediately might find ourselves reading this passage, that verse, verse 4, something like, God saves us so we can get to work on our righteousness. False. The text says the Spirit inhabits you so that He can work in you His righteousness. After all, the words, uh, quote, the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled, might be fulfilled in us, that's a passive verb. We're not doing anything. We're receiving from God. It's God doing the verbs through us. And there's many other passages in the Bible that tell us this is the way it will be. Of course, you have uh, in the book of Galatians, you have the, uh, the imagery given of the, uh, of the fruit of the Spirit. Who's producing the fruit? The Spirit. Where's the fruit coming through? Us. But it's the Spirit's work. You have Ephesians 2.10, after Paul says that by grace through faith you've been saved and not of yourself, it's the gift of God. Then he goes on in the very next verse to say, God has prepared works in advance for you to walk in. Who's doing the verbs? God's doing the verbs. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So God is not done with you. God is producing a people that that are going to walk after the Spirit in their life, and that the Spirit is going to empower in their life. And that's really what the rest of the passage in Romans 8, especially verses 5 through 11, goes on to show. I don't have time to to detail that today, but I'll just say that um, when we talk about being empowered by the Spirit, we we have to talk about it uh, in the way that keeps in mind the the symbol that I mentioned earlier that that even as the Spirit is empowering us to live in a new way to live according to a new path uh, or as the the um, the Book of Concord might have it to to have new obedience uh, at the same time the flesh is still trying to to wiggle its ugly head out and trying to 
to take back power. And so uh, here's, here's what you need to remember. Every day, every day is a day of repentance and faith. It's a day of repentance acknowledging that we haven't lived as perfectly as we should, not even close. And yet it's also a day where we always remember our baptism by saying, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for me. I have been set free by the law of the spirit of life. And if he set you free, then you are free indeed. I hope that encourages you. Have a great Tuesday. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you soon.